Hello and thank you for tuning into Sideline Story, your destination for sports news analysis and discussions. I'm your host, Brandon Yates, and as always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Fuyu and Yangguan. And today we will be chatting about the build-up to the 2022 FIFA World Cup tournament in Qatar. And Yangguan, I'd like to start with you. Are you excited about the upcoming World Cup and what are you most looking forward to? Um, yes, definitely. It's uh, it's a bit weird to welcome a World Cup in winter, but... Um, it's after all a World Cup, and um, whenever it take, takes place, no doubt it brings excitement. Um, from social media, I saw videos showing that some fans have arrived in Qatar, chanting in groups at airports, and everything. Um, it reminds me of a good memories of the time when we could go to the big games, celebrating football together. Uh, now this feeling is back. Um, this sentiment is what I'm most looking forward to um, the enthusiasm about football and fans around the world enjoying happiness in this sport provides celebrating the victories or consoling each other on losses and it's truly an event that makes the world together uh, which i think is what we need the most right now yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, after everything that's happened, you know, from 2020 onwards, I think that, you know, this is a fantastic opportunity for the world to reconnect and, you know, focus on something positive. And I think that's going to be a really fantastic element to the World Cup. And, you know, as we've seen in past World Cups, of course, you know, the main focus is the action that's happening on the pitch and who's doing well and who's not doing well and potential winners of World Cups and that kind of thing and people making a name for themselves on the global stage. But I think in terms of just general viewers that watch the World Cup, not necessarily massive World Cup or football fans or, you know, fans of particular nations that are taking part, I think there's a massive percentage of people that watch or take part in the, you know, FIFA World Cups purely for that element, you know, bringing people together, celebrating, enjoying the atmosphere. And I think that's a really important element of the World Cup, if not as important of the actual, as as important as the actual football itself. So I think that is definitely something that, you know, the millions, if not billions of people that will be watching and participating in the World Cup will definitely be looking forward to. Um, for you, from your side, which, um, I mean, well, first of all, are you also excited about this World Cup and what are you most looking forward to? Sure. Um, how can I not be excited? Even a non-football fan will be excited that there's this sports big sports event taking place. And uh, exactly like what you said, um. I'm more excited about the fact that this football extravaganza is here again than what might actually happen during the matches or who might win the tournament. For me, the World Cup is different from all other football competitions, although there are also prestigious tournaments on both the national team and club level. Um, the World Cup is where it began for me. I remember it was 1994, and sometimes if I woke up in the middle of the night and couldn't go back to sleep, I'd pull up a chair and join my dad to watch the matches. Um, it was many, many years ago, and memories of what I saw of that year's World Cup are very vague now, except for Diego Maradona and Robert Baggio, but it was how I got to know football. Um, maybe not actually no football because it took me a lot longer to really understand it but 
that year, I realized that football is such a glamorous sport. And since the World Cup happens only once every four years, I'm always very pumped up when the event comes around. And this time is in Asia, and it's being held in winter for the first time. Um, it it's being held in winter for those of us living in the northern hemisphere. Um, so it, it's a new experience. And these days in China, it's not that cold yet. But come December, when winter really sets in, I believe it'll make the viewing experience very different. You know, I think um, what you brought up there about you know waking up in the middle of the night and watching football with your father, and you know just some of those you know personal memories that you have from earlier years. I think that's such a you know a critical element to to past World Cups and memories that people hang on to. And I think that's why, you know, going back to what Yang Guang said, just the the fans' participation and bringing people together, it's such an important element of particularly the, particularly the FIFA World Cup. And I think that you, um, for you, touched on that really well there. And I think that's something that is, you know, really going to be a very interesting element to this upcoming World Cup. I think it's mm. it's coming around at a really important time and i think you know like i said besides what's going on the what's happening on the field that element of bringing you know friends and families and just general people together i think that's going to be something that's going to be a really fantastic fantastic outcome of the world cup and and like you said you know i think that it's going to be very different in particularly parts of the northern hemisphere where it's going to be cold and it's going to you know um create a very different fan experience so it should be a very mm interesting and unique world cup that's for sure so hopefully the action on the field is just as exciting as what's going on for the fans off the field and you know yang guang just talking about what's you know going on off the field of course whenever there's a massive sporting tournament that's about to take place social media is buzzing and i'm sure it has been the same in china so what has been you know, the trending topics and reaction on Chinese social media in terms of the build-up to, uh, towards the tournament? Yeah, um, I suffered um, how the Chinese social media reacted to the World Cup. I will tell you that um, even if China doesn't qualify for the World Cup, uh, the passion for this big occasion is still huge. Um, if, you, if you check out the opening page of Weibo, the Chinese version of Twitter, um, the World Cup trailer is right there in the very prominent position. Um, also, I scroll down the Chinese version of TikTok. World Cup videos are everywhere. Um, people are analyzing the national team squads. Uh, people are reviewing the highlights of the previous tournaments and also selling the products of Qatar 2022, including mascots. Yeah, so I guess at this point, you know, um, in terms of the build-up to the World Cup, I think, you know, like you said, on ch Chinese social media, even if that particular nation isn't qualified or playing, I think that there's still plenty of ex excitement for, for the build-up to that tournament. I mean, it's the same in South Africa, and I'm sure for a lot of nations around the world that are just going to be watching from a, you know, purely um, ob objective fan perspective. Um, and I think that's going to be... You know, it's going to uh, be a huge element in terms of what's happening on social media is that I think there's going to be a lot of people um, that will be watching, you know, that aren't from a nation that's playing. And I think, you know, they're still going to be equally interested in terms of what's happening um, on the field and, you know, any incidents that might happen off the field at this upcoming World Cup. And um, for you, going back to, you know, in terms of the actual teams and squads and what's going on on the field 
as we build up to the World Cup. Of course, we know France are the defending champions, but they are looking like a, com- well, not completely different, but definitely, um, I would say, potentially a less formidable unit um, than they were in 2018. But as you look at the, you know, their squad, do you think that they could potentially retain the World Cup at this point in time with their current squad? I think the chances are pretty good for them. France has still got the strongest squad, in my opinion. Um, although a few a few key players, such as Hugo Lloris and Raphael Varane, had an injury scare, they still managed to recover in time and made it uh, onto the list. And the some of the big names that were part of the World Cup winning squad four years ago are still there. Kylian Mbappe, Antoine Griezmann, Kingsley Coman are some of the players that will again lead France's charge for the title in Qatar. But like many other teams, France has also been affected with a massive wave of injuries that's hampering the World Cup prospects. They don't have Paul Pogba and N'Golo Kante, which is a huge blow, but to offset their noticeable absence is the return of Karim Benzema, which I'm super excited about. Nothing is more exciting than his return to, to the French national squad. Um, the newly crowned Ballon d'Or winner has proven that he's got a magic wand at Real Madrid. And I can't wait to find out how big of a help he will be to his national team in their title defense this year. He hasn't been playing as much as some people would like to so his form and chemistry with the squad may take some time to shape up. But apparently, um, French coach Didier Deschamps doesn't seem concerned about Benzema's recent lack of field time. De, de petits, uh, soucis physiques, uh, à gérer, uh... He had two little physical problems to deal with approaching the World Cup, and how he approached those issues shows just how vigilant he is, very vigilant. There are no worries about next week. I do not have any concerns about his physical situation. Whether he is concerned or not, Deschamps must be really happy that Benzema was able to overcome the fitness issues because he may not be able to afford to lose any more key players. France only named 25 players out of the 26 available places. So uh, having a player of, of his magnitude is very reassuring for the defending champions. Yeah, I think, you know, I think you alleviated some French fans' uh, concerns there uh, for you by mentioning a lot of the positives in the squad. You know, like you said, retaining some of those uh, superstar attackers like Mbappe and Griezmann and Coman and people like that. And then, of course, having a current Ballon d'Or winner, um, Karim Benzema, in your squad, I think is also just a massive boost for them, even though they are missing you know, other leaders in the squad like Paul Pogba and N'Golo Kante. I think that's my only concern for France is that their midfield is looking a bit light at this point in time. But when you've got such experienced um, goal, well, goalkeepers, you know, or goalkeeper in Hugo Lloris and defenders and, you know, the return of Rafael Varane will be a huge boost, um, you know, just for the squad morale, even if he isn't playing, you know, at his highest level, just his experience and leadership will be massive. But looking at Karim Benzema, I think, you know, Besides his abilities and goal-scoring form and consistency, I think just having another leader in the squad will be massive for France because I think at previous World Cups there had seemed to be a leadership issue or there's often been division in the squad and 
arguments between coaches and players. So I'm hoping um, for France's sake, um, and I'm sure France fans will be hoping for the same, is that Karim Benzema will bring his leadership and experience and quality to this French squad. And maybe that will um, alleviate the pressure that might be on this French squad in terms of defending the title and also potentially dealing with um, a midfield concern, you know, when, when you're missing such quality players such as Paul Pogba and N'Golo Kante. But Yang Guang, of course, you know, eyes across the world will be on France's squad, but there are many other squads, um, you know, that have been announced that look really strong at this point in time. But from your perspective, which nations do you think might have a serious chance of challenging the likes of France at this upcoming FIFA World Cup. On top of my mind, Brazil, um, they've got um, a rather complete squad, very balanced squad. Um, they have arguably the best attacking line uh, among all World Cup teams. Head coach, um, including nine forwards in his roster, Neymar, Gabriel Jesus, Rafael, Rodrigo, Anthony, Vinicius, Richarlison, it's, it's a, such a luxury to have so many top-tier attacking options. It reminds me of um, how much the German national team yearns for a striker. Their only centre-forward, Timo Werner, won't be in Qatar because of injury. So um, it's a very rich Brazilian team in terms of um, their attacking power. Um, they are unbeaten, unbeaten in the past the 15 international games and their last defeat traced back to the 2021 Copa America final loss to Argentina. Uh, speaking of which, I personally hope um, Lionel Messi can lead the Argentine team to lift the World Cup trophy this year. Um, it, it's Messi's last World Cup. It would um, perfect Messi's football career if he won it at the tail of his playing time. Um, plus, Argentina scored... Um, a rather competitive squad this year. Uh, if they can extend the form shown at Copa America, a title would not be impossible. Look, as a Manchester United fan, I'm hoping that Lionel Messi and Argentina get knocked out in the group stages. <laughs> uh, just in terms of, you know, um, I, I really hope that Cristiano Ronaldo can go down as the greatest of all time. But look, I agree with you. I think Argentina and uh, Brazil squads are looking very strong for this upcoming World Cup. I think what you said about Brazil is 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 factual. I think that they've got a lot of depth and a well-balanced squad. My only slight concern about Brazil, and it's something that you mentioned um, about Germany as well, um, that they didn't have an out-and-out striker. I think Brazil have a lot of attacking quality, but they don't really have an out-and-out centre-forward. I mean, I know that the, the out-and-out centre-forward is kind of becoming old-fashioned in football, besides the likes of, you know, um, Lewandowski and uh, Haaland and, and Benzema and people like that. But there's a lot of teams that have found a lot of success without one, but that would be my only concern about Brazil, is that there's a lot of attacking flair, but not necessarily out-and-out finishes, whereas Argentina, um, I think they you know, have one or two players that are more uh, out-and-out finishers. And even, you know, someone like Messi might be playing um, through the middle. And just looking at other squads as well, I think Portugal also have a really um, well-balanced squad. I think that they've got a really mm -hmm. strong spine. You know, they've got some uh, quality goalkeepers. They've got Ruben Diaz in cent central defence, the likes of Bruno Fernandes in the middle, and then, of course, Cristiano Ronaldo up top. So I think 
a lot of eyes will be on um, Portugal and Argentina in particular because I think that this is a massive opportunity for Ronaldo or Messi to solidify their place as you know potentially the greatest players of all time. And I think that's going to be a very interesting element of this upcoming World Cup. So for me, yeah, Portugal, Argentina, Brazil, um, and then of course France also looking really strong. England could potentially do quite well. They also look relatively well-balanced. I'm a bit concerned about their um, defense because they don't really have um, well-performing centre-backs at this point in time, um, You know, particularly as, as we've been watching the Premier League. But I think the, the nations that we've mentioned so far could be um, the contenders for the title if France aren't going to go on and defend their title for you, we've talked about some of the strongest candidates that could potentially do really well at the World Cup and potentially go all the way and lift the trophy. But one of the most exciting elements of any FIFA World Cup is, you know, the smaller, the so-called smaller teams that qualify and uh, surprise a couple of um, the, the traditionally stronger nations. So just from your perspective, are there any um, teams that aren't part of the favorites that you think might cause a few upsets? My answer might disappoint you because I don't think any of them will stand a chance. And uh, apparently France is still, in my opinion, the favorite. And I agree that Argentina is the biggest favorite among the rest of the teams. Um, they have arrived at a sweet spot where the players are in good form and the entire squad is also functioning well. They, yes, have, yep. they have not lost a game since the Copa America semifinals in 2019. And uh, Lionel Messi has been having a good season so far at PSG. He is among the top scorers at Europe's elite football leagues with 53 goals. And this could also be his last World Cup, like Yang Wang just mentioned. So he'll be extra motivated to go after the only honor that's missing in his career. And one thing I think some people may not have realized is that Messi will have the support of PSG's Qatari owners. So everything seems to be going in Argentina's favor and... Um, let's see whether they can make the most out of the favorable conditions. I hate to admit it, but I think if um, if Messi wins um, a World Cup with Argentina, there is no question or doubt whatsoever that he is the greatest player of all time. So I think that, look, it's a lot of pressure. Um, I think when these, you know, goats, um, greatest of all time potential players like Ronaldo and Messi arrive at a World Cup, it, it seems to kind of mess with their mentality and it also I think has an effect on the squad and they just you know feel even more pressure than they already have on them so it'll be interesting to see how um, the likes of Portugal and Argentina and even Brazil with Neymar you know there's also so much pressure on his shoulders for World Cup um, tournaments as we've seen you know um, in the past like Brazil in 2014 um, but yeah, so I think that's great. Like I said earlier, that's going to be a massive element of the World Cup. But um, I, I tend to agree with you, Fuyu. I think that um, there isn't a great chance um, for a lot of these um, traditionally weaker footballing nations to upset some of the giants. But, you know, I think that's also one of the best elements of football is that, you know, um, it is one of those games where things happen and, you know, the best teams don't always necessarily win particularly at knockout tournaments. So it should be um, very exciting indeed. 
of course, as as we look at the World Cup, I mean, there are so many superstars that will be participating in Qatar, but there will also be some major stars that will be missing from the World Cup. Of course, you know, some um, players that have been performing really well in the Champions League and the European domestic leagues that are, you know, from smaller nations that haven't qualified for the World Cup or are either missing through injury. So, Yang Guang, are there any individuals that will be missing at the World Cup that you are, you know, disappointed that won't be participating? Um, well, I'm particularly sorry for Erling Haaland, Mo Salah, um, Riyad Mahrez, Marco um, Verratti. They are among the best of footballers in the world, but their national teams didn't make it into the World Cup, I think. For everyone, it's, um, it's a loss. Um, the best striker in the world cannot attend the biggest tournament. Sometimes it's ironic. I, I guess Holland has to has to accept it. Uh, and cruelly, it may be the same case for him in the following World Cups, even throughout his entire career. Um, but I must say, I feel even more sorry for those who see their Qatar World Cup dreams ended by injuries. Um, it's safe to say that injuries are the least thing one, we want to see ahead of the World Cup. For me personally to know that Marcus Royce will miss the World Cup because of the ankle injury is really sad news. Uh, World Cup has treated Royce really bad, I have to say. He already missed the 2010 World Cup and the title winning 2014 tournaments due to injuries. He played in 2018 but got knocked out from the group stage. Uh, now it's likely his last chance to play the World Cup and he missed it. Um, I can imagine it's a huge torture for him. Uh, then the likes of Diogo Jota, Paul Pogba, and Ancolo Canti, Jorginho Wijnaldum. Um, these players not being able to play um, is also frustrating for the national teams and the fans. I just hope this list won't get longer in the coming days. Um, the injuries, I, I would say, are partially because of... Um, the change of the World Cup schedule from the usual June to July window to winter in the middle of the European club season. The packed game calendar to a large extent affected the players' health. Um, players are playing the club league games this weekend. Then from the next weekend, they will commence their World Cup journeys. And this is too tight a schedule to guarantee a full squad for any national teams. Um, players don't even have time to recover from injuries. This is this little time gap between the World Cup and club games. Um, like city manager Pep Guardiola said, um, English League Cup action will resume right after the World Cup final. This kind of arrangement is not very, um, not very friendly for players' health, both mentally and physically. I think the, the target of all the clubs will be the amount of energy you spend in the training sessions uh, to be f perfect. So I, I had the feeling that it will be just sauna massage, massage, sauna massage to recover the players, recover the players, recover the players to next game, next game, next game. So it's crazy. It's a lot of games, a lot for the players. For me, it's not a problem because now I have two weeks off, and after we make a precision small one in in Abu Dhabi, and after I come back here. But for the players, it's it's too much. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of disappointment amongst um, certain fans that certain players are missing either through injury or through their nation not qualifying. 
All right, and we have an audio clip from fans that spoke about which players they are worried that may potentially miss this upcoming FIFA World Cup in Qatar. I can say that in the Senegalese team, Sadio has no equal. Sadio is the one who carried the team, so it will be too difficult for us to have someone that can replace him. Even if Sadio doesn't play, we have to bring him to the World Cup because his presence brings a lot to the team. We advise the coach Olio Seise to include him in his list, even if he's injured. Yeah, look, I think um, just from my perspective, I think that it is going to be sad that certain players are going to miss the World Cup either through injury or through their nation not qualifying for the FIFA World Cup. But I think that fans around the world and myself included, and of course my co-hosts Fuyu and Yang Guang are going to be very excited about the action that is going to take place at FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022. And it should be very exciting to watch indeed. But that is all we have time for on this week's episode of Sideline Story. Thank you so much for tuning in. And of course, as always, we will be back next week with our latest talking points. And we'll see you then.